joining me on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. Today's guest is Katie DiPerna-Cook, the SVP of Partnerships at Headspace Health. Katie, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. I'm pumped to have you on. Um, you're you're the first guest where I have the new hats too. Look at this. I love it. Um, I noticed that when you first came on. Yeah. it's uh, And that? if anyone's watching this, it is not to the side. It's the way the camera angle is. It is perfectly straight. Um, anyway, so excited to have you on here. You and I had the opportunity of meeting at the ATA conference in Boston recently. We did a little teaser video, which was a ton of fun. Um, and what's it called? Now we get to do the, the podcast finally. So this is very exciting. Love it. Very exciting. Would love to dive right into it. If you could tell the audience a little bit about your background, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, sounds great. Again, thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here and share a little bit about what we've been up to. Um, As uh, Jared mentioned, I lead our partnerships uh, for Headspace Health. Um, So think of that as all of our healthcare partners, payers, providers, you know, essentially uh, anywhere where we are looking to partner with an organization to reach members at scale. Uh, and so prior to, uh, the merger, I came from the ginger side. It was in a very similar role at ginger. And then previously before I came, uh, to ginger, I spent, uh, the better part of the past decade at Evolent Health, really kind of grew up through the organization in a variety of different roles. Um, I was one of the early employees, uh, but really spent the bulk of my time working closely with payers and providers in a, a range of, uh, value-based contracts. Uh, so that's kind of what brought me to today. And today you're at Headspace Health. Tell us, we focus on three things. So tell us the why, how, what of Headspace Health, assuming no one's ever heard of it, but everyone should already know of it. <laughs> um, that would be amazing to, to hear that. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds great. Uh, you know, starting with with why. As I mentioned in the sort of teaser video that we did together, Mental health is health. It impacts how you eat, how you sleep, exercise, how you take care of chronic conditions that you may have, how you work, your productivity. Um, So much goes back to mental health. And yet so many people either don't access care, can't access care, or don't know how to, to treat a mental health condition. And I think that Headspace Health, the why behind Headspace Health is to really break down all of those barriers and to really think about mental health as physical, as part of your physical health, um, and to create just an engaging and powerful virtual platform, um, as well as a a multidisciplinary model that can really meet people where they are, engage people day to day, make taking care of your mental health a part of everybody's day to day. And that's a lot of the the sort of why behind the concept of headspace health. Um, When I think about how, how are we doing it? The the idea, and again, if I think about somebody who doesn't know anything about headspace health, headspace health is the parent company of headspace and ginger, which merged uh, last fall 
Headspace being the incredible um, uh, app focused on meditation and mindfulness and self-directed care and content, merging with Ginger, um, which provides a multidisciplinary uh, mental health care, both coaching, therapy, and psychiatry, bringing that together all in one platform and using sort of coaching and content as a really engaging front door to bring people in, um, to get people faster access, you know, I mean, through Headspace uh, Health's Ginger coaches, um, people can get access and be texting with a coach within two minutes. Um, And so it's just a really incredible platform to get people engaged in their health and then also help navigate them to the right level of care at the right time. And that's that's really sort of the the ha- the how around what we're doing is creating this full spectrum of mental health care all in one platform. Um, and then the what, or maybe if I if I think about it as sort of what's next as well, you know, I think it's taking this sort of scalable, engaging platform and thinking about how we really integrate uh, within the healthcare ecosystem. If we want to be able to say we're providing a full spectrum of services to treat mental health conditions. That includes engaging with payers and providers and meeting people um, you know, where they're accessing healthcare as well. Um, but a big part of being a part of the healthcare system is being able to uh, track outcomes and you know, not just engage people, but really get people better. Are we improve, are we really truly improving? Uh, mental health in this model. And I think that that's, that's really what I'm excited about as we think about the what next is, you know, tracking outcomes and not just tracking them, but also starting to look at, um, you know, sort of payment models and, you know, think about how we get paid for outcomes. And so then that's where we as Headspace Health can really, you know, continue to be disruptive, both in how we're accessing and getting people into care, but then also how mental health care is being paid for. Love it. Yeah, we, we had the opportunity, or I didn't, but one of our other shows, um, Decoding Healthcare Innovation, had uh, Russ Glass on, uh, I think it was a couple months back now, it might have been towards like the mid to later part of yes. last year. Um, so it was, it was great being able to, to have him on as well. Um, and then obviously, you and I have, uh, have been connected since the conference. And it's always great, we can bring people from from the same organization to on the on the podcast because you have different perspectives, but you're also able to, to tell us something new about the company that we didn't, yeah. you know, we didn't know, or we didn't hear before. I'd like to, I'd like to kind of shift focus now and go into some of the, the key topics here today. And one of which is around like where we're at today in terms of behavioral digital health, um, specifically around digital adoption. So would you say we're at a turning point right now, or what are your thoughts on kind of where we're at at this point? Yeah, I I do think we're 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 really at a turning point right now, and for a couple of reasons. One, I think the COVID obviously put a, a, a significant accelerator on the use of virtual tools across the entire healthcare spectrum, but including in mental health. It also, you know, worsened the need for mental health care and made the access problem even worse. Um, and so I, again, I, I feel really strongly that the virtual mental health tools are, are not meant to replace in-person care, 
but really meant to create a scalable platform that engages people earlier and often in mental health care so that we don't, we aren't just treating people when they're in crisis, but that people think about mental health care as a part of their everyday life. And what's more a part of your everyday life than your smartphone? Um, and so really being able to use those tools that are just in everybody's hands and getting people engaged in content, engaged in um, coaching, and then navigate it to the right care um, in that virtual setting. I think we've got a huge opportunity to treat a, a, a large portion of you know sort of outpatient treatable mental health conditions for people who otherwise wouldn't access care or wouldn't access care until they're in crisis. Yeah, it's it's certainly interesting. Um, there there was also there was a lot of companies that kind of moved into the space. Some of which, you know, are doing some great things. Uh, some of which uh, have definitely been in a different light as of recently. Right? Uh, it's great to hear how you know you and your organization are operating and and the area that you're you're going towards. Um, I, I think this is a really interesting space. I think the space that you're in for for digital health. Um, this is like the best area. This is the best use case for what, what this technology was designed for. Um, you know, I, I feel like we're, we're hopefully getting out of that phase where people are, you know, in the early stages of a certain space where everyone's um, uh, coming up with all these different ideas, like crypto went through it, right. Where it's like, mm, you're, you're in the, you're in the good spot. So it's, it's great to hear. In, in terms of, like, are, are you seeing an in, increased uh, interest in digital mental health, um, like by, by the health plans in particular? Um, and, and basically, let's also talk about, so are you seeing it with the health plans, but are you also seeing it with the employers as well, this interest? Absolutely. We see this as the largest and fastest growing part of our business. Uh, is is really through accessing those channels through employers and plans. I think there's a couple of, of reasons for that. I mean, first of all, particularly from the, the plan perspective, um, there's, there's a couple of reasons. You know, the plans are looking for ways to engage people in their mental health care, open up, create more engagement within their platforms. And, you know, we've seen Headspace as a brand is an incredibly engaging way to get people in to the system, to get people using platforms, using their benefits, which then again, gets them to the right level of care. Um, I think too, the access crisis is hitting payers as well and employers. You know, when I'm out talking to employers and payers, the first thing I hear is it takes too long for my members or my employees to get an, get access to a therapist. There's no way without disruption in the system and using virtual tools that plans or employers are going to be able to provide the access that is needed for their employees. We've, we've got to figure out the supply demand imbalance model. And, and again, creating that sort of using the coaching model, using a multidisciplinary care model that, uh, uh, you know, can, can deliver, you know, very similar outcomes um, is, is a key access point for plans and a key differentiator. Um, and then lastly, I think from the plan perspective, we're really seeing a lot of opportunity here, given the close relationship between payers and employers, that if we can integrate with payers, 
similar to our relationship with Cigna. We have a large uh, strategic relationship with Cigna. Where Cigna uh, employer groups, their employees can actually access ginger coaching and therapy and psychiatry as a covered benefit. And they can also uh, purchase enhanced access or, um, you know, purchase access for their entire populations through Cigna, which just creates an easier purchase point um, for employers who are being, um, you know, obviously flooded with a lot of different opportunities. And, and uh, again, it just sort of further extends that full spectrum platform. Interesting. Yeah, it's, I, I wouldn't have thought there wouldn't be interest from both the payers and the employers, but I still wanted to ask and uh, you said it so eloquently. So uh, thank you for, for giving us that, that take. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about how Headspace Health came to be. So back in, I, I believe it was August of uh, 2021. So um, almost, almost been a year now, right? Um, Ginger merged with, uh, merged with Headspace to create Headspace Health. So can you share a little bit, I guess, over the year, since that merger happened, what kind of integrations have taken place between the two companies? Absolutely. Uh, it's been an interesting year. Um, and mergers are always uh, complicated and difficult and also create such opportunity, both for employees as well as the offering that we can take to the market. And I think for me, what's most exciting, again, is I'm out talking to payers and providers when I talk about Headspace Health and bringing together these two incredible platforms into one, uh, you know, one entity, immediately people understand and get what we're doing, which to me feels like the thesis of the merger uh, is incredibly powerful uh, for employers and payers. Um, I think from a, an integration standpoint, we've made a ton of progress. I will say this year, we've been really focused on making sure that we're delivering on our, on our commitments to existing partners um, and, and employers. So, you know, both from my world, we're implementing some, some large partnerships this year. So we've stayed focused on making sure we see those through um, while doing the planning for a fully integrated um, uh, product. So I'd say, you know, this year, focus on um, integrating teams, building the business, uh, creating the vision for where we want to go as a company, and while delivering on existing commitments. I think in the back half of this year, we're going to start to roll out some more connected experiences between Headspace and Ginger, which I'm super excited for. Um, you know, things like unified front door, integrating reporting. Um, and then as we, you know, can go into next year and beyond, um, you know, we'll, we'll look to create, you know, sort of that one home of mental health services uh, that, again, creates sort of a, a very um, easy to access, approachable platform that's both easy for employers and payers to purchase, but most importantly, um, easy for members to use and access on a regular basis. It's so exciting. I'm pumped. And I hope uh, we can have you come back on to when these when these announcements are coming into play to give us uh, give us the highlights of, of what's new. To. Awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Would love to. I'm excited. Um, by the way, I always say this and people probably scratch their heads and why I even care, <laughs> but love the colors, love the brand. I had to say it. Um, love it. <laughs> had to. Um I like orange. My first car was orange, actually. It, it, it is like an orangey color, right? 
That's right. That's okay. right. It's it's so it's very powerful. Um, also, my seven year old daughter's favorite color has been orange since she was two years old, um, and so she thinks that uh, our brand is orange because it's her favorite color. <laughs> hey, it's uh, tell her that's the case. That's Steve yeah. Steve Jobs named something. What was it after his daughter? But then, but he told her the opposite. He told her it wasn't about her or something like that. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, don't do that. Don't, don't yeah, you're, you're doing it the right way. Right. <clears throat> I'll let her leave. <laughs> well, um, so I, I have a few more things before we wrap up, but like maybe two more quick questions for you. Okay. Um, so how do you manage the range of both uh, low to high acuity cases within your range of services? And then also, in your view, can all mental health care be done virtually? And then if you want to add like at this time, or if not, you know, what's your outlook on the future of mental health care that we get there? Yeah, uh, good, good question. So I think when we think about the severity of the patients that we treat, what what really makes me feel like we've got an incredible opportunity to help address that sort of supply demand imbalance, that there's just not enough therapists and psychiatrists to treat all the people who need to access mental health care. Where, where I, we see such an opportunity is in that mild to moderate category um, for individuals who, um, you know, not everybody everybody needs somebody to talk to, but not necessarily everybody needs to see a therapist. And what we've been able to show in our outcomes is that when you look at that mild to moderate population, um, we are seeing similar outcomes for a cohort of patients that just worked with our coaches through our text-based coaching model. As we do again with, with this sort of mild to moderate population that worked with a therapist you know, very similar results in how they um, improved their, um, you know, PHQ and GAD scores in those two cohorts. And so to me, that, that, that gives me a lot of optimism around we can treat those people in a virtual setting and in a multidisciplinary setting while reserving the capacity, the therapy and psychiatry capacity, both virtually, we certainly, you know, provide therapy and psychiatry to uh, many, many members who, you know, may come into coaching, but we realize need to escalate and need a higher level of care are at a higher level of severity. So, but again, it's, it's reserving that therapy and psychiatry capacity for those who need it most, whether that's in a virtual setting or in an in-person setting. And then to answer your question about, will we always be virtual? Will, will we ever be a world where mental health is all virtual? If I had to stare into a crystal ball, I would I would say no. I, I don't see virtual as replacing in-person care and inpatient care. Um, there are needs that are more severe than can be treated in this setting. Um, and, and, and I think to truly hold ourselves to high clinical standards, I don't think that we can say that we can treat all conditions. But the value is two pieces, I would say. One, we can reserve that capacity for people who really need it by treating people virtually who can get better in our model. And then two, I think this is really important where our push to be a part of the healthcare ecosystem is so important 
for those people who need higher levels of care, when we partner, you know, with a Cigna or with a provider, we have somewhere where we can hand them off to and they can have access through their broader network as opposed to us creating fragmentation in the system by being virtual. And that's why, when, again, when I when I think about the full spectrum of care, I do think that, that those being a part of the healthcare ecosystem is so important. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I always say the future is hybrid. Um, it, it can't just be totally virtual. I think it'll be majority virtual, but I think that if without the hybrid, it doesn't work. Um, that's right. Really cool. And and we got to make sure that we set it up in a way that we don't create more fragmentation for these members who really need to access care. Boom. Um, That's it right there. <laughs> Love it. Uh, last last thing before we leave, are you have any conferences coming up the rest of the year that you're attending? Uh, or what is that yes. looking like? Uh, we, uh, we will definitely, we were just at AHIP last week. Um, so uh, I'm uh, which was great experience. Got to meet with a lot of plans. A lot of our existing partners were there as well. So that was a, a great event, good experience. And then we'll definitely be at Health, uh, which I believe is in November later this year. So cool. hopefully maybe we'll see you there. I will be there and I'm going to try some new camera moves for some <laughs> transitions and stuff. You'll see. It's going to be it's going to be fun. I'm looking um, forward to it. Yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. Um, it's in Vegas. I know. I know. Uh, big change from Boston last year. So uh, look yeah. forward to It's that. good for the people. In the, but it might also draw a different crowd because now more yeah. when, whenever it goes to the different coasts, right, more people on a, a certain coast will end up attending. So we saw a lot of people on the East Coast. Now we'll see more people on the West Coast go. Um, Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So great talking with you as always, Katie. Can't wait for our next conversation and uh, very exciting stuff. Likewise. Well, thanks again for having me on and for the time and I look forward to continuing the conversation.